to the latest Meltzer 5 Star Project episode. It's an ongoing series in which you let me tell you something co-host myself, Lorca Mullen, and your other co-host, Simon Cross, discuss a match that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated 5 stars or higher. We're back into the higher category territory. We're in the time of the year that last year gave us, what, 4 5 star matches? 5? Oh, God, we were so busy. There was a like a random dynamite one as well, wasn't there? And we were expecting, as we were saying in the build-up to this, to have maybe three lined up. But instead, we had two four and three-quarter star matches between Kazuchika Okada and Shingo Takagi on night one of Wrestle Kingdom and the Brian Danielson challenging Adam Page rematch on AEW Dynamite. Both ended up getting the 4.75 star rating. You might as well gouge your eyes out than have to watch those <laughs> trash pure trash but instead we've got some five and three quarter star action apparently simon what was the one out of the three that we suspected that did get the dave Meltzer seal of approval so we're talking night two of wrestle kingdom uh spoils these guys kazuchika okada beat shingo takagi and is now taking on will osprey for the iwgp title iwgp World heavyweight title, Simon. Someone got his 2022 prediction half wrong or half right, depending on what. Of course, you went for wrong first. <laughs> of course, you did, Lord. Right, fine, whatever. Half a point's in the bank. I don't care. Yeah, you're either a Simon's half right or half wrong kind of guy. You can't be. <laughs> Pick a side. You must pick a side. Like any like decision, any conversation on Twitter these days. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to pick sides as to whether we rate this five stars or not. Spoiler: I don't. So. <laughs> well, what do we do now? <laughs> I guess we better talk about. Here's the, match. the weird thing. I think if you watch this match in mute, maybe it looks to you like a five star match. Then you unmute it and you wonder. Is this still on mute? And it's not a five-star match. So in our uh, pre-recording uh, text, I, I, I just text, I think I sent you, I can't remember the exact wording. I don't have my phone to hand. But I, I did mention that the atmosphere was just so surreal and so weird. It's like 6,000 fans in the Tokyo Dome for this. Yeah, 10% capacity, I guess, of what the Tokyo Dome got. Obviously covid yeah. Yeah, and like I think the problem Japan's got the problem New Japan has, sorry, I should say. I was gonna say, you wanna be careful with how you start sentences like that. Yes. You know what's the problem with Japan? <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on is obviously they're having to take a lot more of a conservative approach to covid restrictions whereas it's not like last year where we were still like rattling around daly's place and the thunderdome we we now have fans back in north american wrestling by and large so this jarred a lot more than i think last year's wrestle kingdom did like there's nothing the match can do about that but i think in the back of our minds it does make the match seem a bit flatter than perhaps it actually was i don't know what you think about that i feel 
I've got an overriding theory about this match that what it might not have not necessarily exposed, but maybe explained the Okada formula to me more than any other match. I feel like this does everything that you're supposed to do in these matches, and I really struggled to give a shit. And I think that's partly due to just the unfortunate nature of New Japan's storytelling for the past year and all the interruptions it's had. But also I think it's showing perhaps limitations inherent to Osprey and Okada. Now, okay, talk me through that. If you were to ask Dave Meltzer now, I think, I think well, he's already overtaken Mitsuhara Masawa. So I think in the eyes of Dave Meltzer, Kazuchika Okada is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He sees him as maybe of an equivalent wrestler as a, a Ric Flair or a Shawn Michaels. Yeah, or you know those guys that like to melt are like the tip top of performers, mm. the Kentakabashi's, Misawas, and Toshiki Kawadas. Like he's a whole four pillars of heaven on him on him zone. <laughs> and I've started to think about this, and what I will say is, it's kind of like the conundrum you have now. It's weird because the person I've compared Okada to the most in wrestling has been Ric Flair. And I think there's some of that. There is an Okada formula, just like there's a Ric Flair formula. Yeah. Everything kind of paces and goes at the same speed. Matt wrestling, outside fights, building up big moves, finishing sequence including reversals, do dos backwards and forwards. You don't know who's going to win it until the end. And that's fine. Everyone's got a formula. Bret Hart had his moves. You know, I can't begrudge you that. Yeah. The other person that I compare Okada to outside of wrestling is Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, at the moment, Cristiano Ronaldo is playing for Manchester United. And the basic problem is they don't know how to accommodate Cristiano Ronaldo into this Manchester United formula enough. Combination of his own physical limitations now compared to other ones. But it's just for the tactics and the place that Manchester United are and the requirements that Ronaldo needs, Manchester United can't facilitate them perfectly and I think ultimately what every big time star and every major rival that Okada's had they've kind of seen Okada as a canvas on which to paint their greatest paintings for his physical charisma and athletic abilities and performance abilities I don't think Okada was being carried to these matches but I also don't know that Okada can carry other people And I think in this match, Okada is the more psychologically knowledgeable, sound, and creative out of him and Osprey. And Osprey doesn't have the intelligence, the nous, and the storytelling abilities to match a Tanahashi, an Omega, a Naito. And that's where this ultimately falls apart because what Carter and Osprey have always been able to do is incredible physical showcases. The main event of a Wrestle Kingdom needs to be more than that. Yeah. And the significance to when you're in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, like Tanahashi beat Okada at the, at the two Wrestle... It's like there's different tierings. It's like I've said, it's like having to beat an Alex Ferguson Manchester United team on like the second week of the Premiership when you're at home compared to trying to beat Alex Ferguson's Manchester United in the FA Cup final at the end of the season. At a packed-out Wembley. Yeah, at a packed-out Wembley. And your team is like Aston Villa, you know, Everton, West Ham. Good, but not of that calibre. 
and it's a different challenge, you're emotionally affected by it differently. There's different stakes. And there's different requirements to make a great Wrestle Kingdom main event than to make a great Wrestling Don Taku main event, even a Wrestling Dominion main event. Yeah. And I didn't see evidence that Osprey had it in him to do that in this match, so they just stuck with the formula. It's not the classic thing of connective tissue. There's connective tissue. It just... It's not been built up enough. It's not as emotionally invested. And maybe that's partly because, I've said, Okada's reaction to Osprey has always been kind of like, yeah, I get why you betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Okada does that. Like that. That's just Okada in general. He just seems a very much... He's a very self-assured man who's just not bothered by the world around him. He'll just carve his path through it. Until someone challenges him in a way that affects him, like the Katsuyori Shibata match, which I think yeah. a lot of people might start to see as maybe his greatest, probably definitely his greatest match outside of Omega Tanahashi. But when you talked about like emotive feelings for a Tokyo Dome match, I immediately, my head went to Kota Ibushi versus Jay White. And that had a lot more feeling behind it. And it's not, like I say, nothing to do with the attendance, but everything to do with like, what the match made me feel. This is a very good technical match. Like, no one does anything wrong in terms of the moves they execute. But there was just... That X factor was lacking. There was just... And this is supposed to be like a blood feud like between former Chaos member Will Ospreay uh, against his like former like uh, faction leader. I'm guessing this wasn't the Wrestle Kingdom main event they wanted to book. I said, I suspect, that maybe what they planned to do when Osprey won the IWGP World Heavyweight title was to have him hold it for a long time. And that hmm. maybe this match was supposed to be the Wrestle Kingdom match after this Wrestle Kingdom. That maybe this Wrestle Kingdom was going to be Osprey beating Okada for the belt, possibly. Or, like, defending the belt. Or Okada not being in the main events. The whole, well, maybe not, because I think there's significance to the fact that they've put Okada, they've put the belt on him at the start of their 50th anniversary. And I think, because, I mean, he comes out in an Inoki tribute gown and he even says he wants Inoki to come to the ring if his health allows him and share the ring with Okada. Yeah. So maybe there was, but the plan would have been Osprey coming in as a defending champion over a number of, over over months and having beaten Okada wasn't he supposed to wrestle Okada in the Tokyo Dome match that ended up being Takagi against Tanahashi maybe I think he was yeah yeah that's how that's how many things chopped and changed along the way because it was meant to be yeah it was meant to be Osprey Okada then it was then it was Takagi Okada and then it was Takagi Tanahashi and New Japan through situations far beyond their control have had to like do a lot of scrambling, scrambling in this last eighteen months to two year period. Noticeably, in the match that sets this up, the G One, obviously with Kota Ibushi's injury as well. They could have brought Will Osprey back into the Japanese fold for the last few months. They chose to send him to America. They chose to have him go belt picking up at in the UK and everything. And he comes yeah. to the ring with like four different belts, one of which looked very stupid. Are you on about the one that looks like a helmet? Yeah, like a Spartan helmet on it. Warrior Wrestling's title belt. Yeah, the very yeah the very prestigious Warrior Wrestling promotion. Well, he's got a match against Brian Cage later this month. Is it Chris Carlton that says it, or is it, Kev- is it Kevin? One of the two one brings of it up. It seems like yeah. someone Chris Carlton would bring up. They're not there, are they? 
I Carlton sound like he was coming from a different feed compared to the other two. They yeah yeah it's look again not yeah. not within their control yeah so i can't really penalize them for it'll that. be very curious i mean this time next year given what we know now about what omicron's doing i would expect next year's wrestle kingdom to be in a not a packed tokyo dome by the looks of it but a larger louder tokyo dome yeah you know we've had we've had the applause for so long now i think the reason it worked so well with the jay white version was that jay white's whole thing was about him trying to take the crowd out of it and taunting the crowd and making fun of them for only being able to clap yeah osprey i mean for the first five ten minutes it seemed like he was doing a jay white tribute act by just yeah yelling and bantering and saying everything all the time and then he sort of shut up after the moonsault spot and you could argue that's down to him selling exhaustion and him like realizing what he's in like him having to take the match more seriously. But I think there was even significance in the fact... Did you watch o- Osprey's post-match comments? I didn't. Know. Now, remember that this time last year, Jay White's the talk of the wrestling business. Not just for the oh, way that he worked, so but also good. for that promo. Yeah. That I always read as like a whiny little brat not getting what they want. But other people saw it as like this great soul-bearing moment. Osprey said he wasn't that bothered by the loss because he knows he's going to get better. Now, that's an interesting way to look at it. And I guess it's saying that this isn't the end point of a story. It's a continuing process. The, the next step of Osprey's evolution is the fact that for the first time he was able to kick out of the Rainmaker. That was his significant moment, I suppose, in this match. But there's ways of saying that without sounding as dismissive as that comes across. Mm. Again, you can say he's lying to himself like Jay White was, maybe. Yeah. New Japan's basically been on a downturn since the finish The Greatest Story maybe in wrestling history. I know I've said this so many times, but I really stand by it. The Naito storyline culminating in Wrestle Kingdom 2020 was perfect. It took them like five years to do, to tell it. You know, at least four of those years on purpose. Yeah. And it paid off. And through a combination of injuries, departures, pandemics... And failed pushes. And attention on a uh, different arm of the company with New Japan America. Yep. Spread out talents. You know, we still have... Jay White wasn't a factor in this Wrestle Kingdom. Which is mad when you think about... You think that he was the hottest guy in wrestling this time last year. Yeah. You assume this is setting up a Hazard Torture Bullet Club storyline, I suppose, maybe. Yay! Good. Let's have fun with that. (laughs) Hmm... But to go back to this match, it is, you know, we've always said that it's like a, a steps of an increment. But, I, you know, they'd already had this match last year and it was a better match last year. It was shorter. Yes. And, you know, it was, it was, that was more about Okada bringing back the Rainmaker for the first time in a year. And the, the sense of the betrayal and Osprey really trying to make this final step up. And he sort of made the step up as far as winning the title goes. But he hasn't done it at the expense of Okada. Like they've said, you know, 5-1 right now in favour of Okada. That was before the bell, wasn't it? Yeah, and Osprey's only victory coming in the G1 Climax thanks to the interference of the Great Okada. Which is similar to the Naito thing. Naito's first win of, against Okada comes thanks to Sonada's interference. So they're following yeah. that formula again. I don't know if Osprey's ever going to win over the crowd in the same way that Naito did, but maybe Osprey's never meant to win over the crowd the same way that Naito did. Mm. Do you think they were trying to incubate 
a storyline by like having um, Okada win again. And like, okay, look, we didn't have an p- initial plan for this. We'll, we'll just have him win again, and maybe like next year we can do what we wanted to do. Just we've had to put an extra step in it. Maybe, but I don't think they would necessarily want to do three. They didn't do three Tanahashi Okada Wrestle Kingdoms in a row. They were punctuated by the, there was at least one Okada Naito match in there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like there were four Wrestle Kingdoms and there were three Okada Tanahashis, but there was a Naito match in there. Yeah. And then you got Omega. So what do you think of my theory that Osprey just isn't of the standard of Omega and Tanahashi and really even Shibata and Naito as far as being able to craft something with Okada as a vessel? It's like Okada, Okada's like a director getting their big budget. You can do whatever you like. you got complete artistic freedom with what Okada's able to do. Yeah, I don't think he's there yet. Do you think he'll ever be there, though? Because you need... The, the one thing that Naito, Tanahashi, Omega all seem to have is intelligence. Now, if there's one thing Will Ospreay might be lacking... I think it's something you can learn and can craft. Whether or not he'll be able to do it remains to be seen. Learning to tell a story is something you can craft. It's like trying to facilitate two naturally gifted athletes and not having... It's like... It's like having Gerard and Lampard and not having skulls. <laughs> no, no, because no, that's different. They like they <laughs> no, because they push ball right. out onto the left when they shouldn't have. It's like having Ronaldo and Messi there, and not having Angolo Kante or um, Claude Makélélé. Yes, <laughs> or Roy Keane. Roy Keane yelling at both of them to sort their shit out. Yeah. Like you, like I remember. There's that famous Real Madrid. I think it was a Florentino Perez quote that we will not miss Macaulay. Yes, you bloody will. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, Alex Ferguson was saying that as soon after he got rid of Yap Stan. Yeah, you... boy, we're well... going into the deep <laughs> football reference. Apologies to our soccer listeners. Yes, <laughs> but get into football. It's better than yours. Don't do that, <laughs> Jesus! Well, I've already annoyed one country so far in this. Don't annoy another. <laughs> what? Anyway, whether Osprey can become a crafted storyteller remains to be seen. He's in his late twenties now. He's if he was, he's got it by now. Well, yes, but you've got to. The way you have to see it is, we're only seeing Osprey the heavyweight. In its infancy, and we're also only seeing the Osprey of New Japan, where you've got to do the spectacular athletic feats. I know that he's done stuff in progress that were like weapons filled brawls and everything. Yeah. And he certainly plays the the character of a dickhead very well. Yes. He can do babyface in peril stuff, but when you're the heel, even within Japanese wrestling, you've got to do more to that. There's more you got to do. Yeah, you don't have the like he doesn't really cut off a card for like a significant well he does actually for for one period but then it just becomes the back and forth show yeah the idea of it is the the key thing in the match i suppose is that osprey does little to no spectacular high flying except for his big moonsault which was a call back to his spot in the junior heavyweight wrestle kingdom a few years earlier yes and he does do a sasuke special but that goes well, that doesn't work out for yeah. him Okada's able to catch him and do the tombstone because Okada was always able to outdo his junior heavyweight stuff, so Osprey had to bulk up, size up, 
yeah and become more about a power wrestler and a brawl wrestler and he beats he just beats okada up around outside when he finally gets control after okada controls the map portion yes well, Okada sort of um, seeds control by doing the move he did against Shingo, but um, Osprey is able to counter it with that thrust kick, which is sort of to the knee. Yeah. There's inventiveness in there. You know, there's inventive moves and give reversals. You know, the fact that he turns the Sasuke special into a tombstone, pile driver, and, you know, mm. Os- and, and, and surprising Osprey with the Stormbreaker himself. Yeah, that sequence is a really good reversal sequence. But even then, there were some of those that were just, you know, like. Everyone was going crazy for the drop kick captured into a powerbomb, but that was a spot that uh, Omega invented and did yeah. better. Well, Will does it very well. Again, to go back to that, there's a lot of great athletic stuff that's done very well, but it's just missing that hook for me. Like, it's not... I couldn't get that emotive hook from this match. Like, there's obviously a long-term emotional storyline with these two the fact that okada met him in england wrestled him in england and brought him under his wing brought him to chaos and osprey ultimately betrayed him but as i've said the whole notion seems to be that okada always expected it well i've said that the long story with okada is that him desperately looking for rivals you know him constantly Mm. begging sonata to make the step up we've said because you know his graduating young lions class was a guy that turned into a mascot that then got fired <laughs> and yoshihashi yes and there's really not and the ones that have come up since then have mostly been juniors it's been like show and yo yeah the great okan is the only one that moved into the heavyweight division and he's always gonna be like a mid card lackey really I yeah think. you know he was there in osprey's corner with aaron hanari who was wearing that suit. Oh, he was. They, 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 they dressed very well. <laughs> they dressed for the occasion. Oh, yeah. And I've always said, the thing with New Japan is you don't know where we're going to be in two years' time because we don't know what Ren Narita, Yota Suji, Gabriel Kidd, Yuya Yamira, Shota Umino, all of those guys, we don't yet know what they're going to bring to the table and maybe one of them is going to be as explosive immediately as okada himself was when he debuted returned sorry something you've said there i just want to like piggyback off of like we don't know where new japan's going to be in two years time new japan's problem for the last two years is it didn't know where it was going to be due to external factors yes and you know that guido want knew what he wanted to do with naito two years after he lost he had him lose you know two and a half years after he had him win the g1 climax against kenny omega yeah but now it's like who are we going to have? Oh, God, what's happened now? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. That's the issue with trying to do long-term storytelling. Because I think, as I've said, I think he always wanted Okada w- finally winning the world heavyweight title and accepting the world heavyweight title. You know, doing his final bow to the fourth belt and then finally moving on. And I mean, how gutted were you at that? <laughs> <sighs> I, I, it's one of the nicest looking titles to something that just it just doesn't do anything for me this is my thing though it's like it's not an ugly belt do you know what the big problem you know what they have to do with the iwgp world heavyweight belts remove two of the side plates yeah it's like the same sort of size of the specially commissioned belt andre the giant was gonna wear if he won at wrestlemania 3 <laughs> you got, like, the big lead, like, fat. you can barely fasten it. Yeah. But if you remove the two side plates and that's where the mesh starts, 
everyone can wear it fine. I think Osprey just gave up and just wore it over his shoulder for the past yeah. six months because he couldn't get it to look good. And it just uses RevPro as like a uh, as a coat hanger for his other belts. So yeah, just like I said, if you watch it in mute, they do all the moves, they do them well. They're impressive. These two are incredible athletes. I don't know what melts. I don't see what melts sees five and three quarter stars in this in particular. You know, we've already said how the six stars he gave to Okada Omega One just broke him. Yeah. But not only to say that this is better, you know, this is this is way of saying this is much better than Brian Danielson versus Adam Page. That certainly had a lot more emotive content exactly. to it. And more thought into it. That had callbacks too, to the first match. You had uh, a Brian Danielson in that match. There was no guide in this match, I don't think. I don't think Okada's the guider. Yeah. I think Okada's the guy that you guide. You don't carry him, because you can't carry someone as gifted as Okada. No. But there's significance to the people that have given him his best matches. And then the people that haven't, like the Sonadas and the Evils and, you know, the Ospreys of this world. The intangible charisma. Well, the intangible charisma, but also the in-ring intellect. And I don't think they had it. I don't... That Naito did, that Tanahashi did, that Omega did. Osprey doesn't have it. Osprey comes from a world of, this is a cool move to do. Yeah. Omega goes from a world of, this is a way to push the envelope forward. Naito and Tanahashi come from a way of... This is a way to make this all make sense and for it to all to fit in. Yeah. And slot into the right place and get the emotional response and for it to make logical sense. Osprey and Okada, it's like, I can do cool moves. I can do cool moves. <laughs> it's not a spot fest, but you get where I'm coming from. They can do they can do a facsimile of it. Yeah. But they're not the best at it. They're decent storytellers, but they're not the best storytellers. No. But they might be the best athletes. I think what I take away from what you're saying there as well, though, you have to look at the quality of stories. It's it's one of those, it, it's sort of harsh on Osprey in a way, because you're looking at really great storytellers, like some of the best storytellers of this generation in like their previous body of work. Yeah, but I think if you were to ask Osprey, are you one of the best wrestlers in the world right now? He would say yes. Yeah. And... I'm sorry, but that's an aspect that you need to have to be one of the best wrestlers in the world to me. And that's the one area I don't think he's lacking, but I think he's only like a 6 out of 10 on. Yeah, compared to the other people we've had. Well, not had, have. Present tense. (laughs) Yeah, in-ring psychology and character presentation, Tanahashi, Naito and Omega are like, eight nines and tens across the board on those two yeah. areas as well as being super athletes too danielson danielson as well punk is as well bret hart is as well you know yeah. was as well uh sean michaels was to an extent i'm just gonna steal your catchphrases from you now. <laughs> just like how they're stealing each other's moves in this match yes this isn't the last time i assume that they probably want to have osprey beat okada in the Tokyo Dome, now that he's lost to Okada twice, maybe yes. they'll wait a year. Maybe we're gonna get a, like a year-long reign of Okada for the fiftieth anniversary, and he'll do stuff with AEW talent. He'll do stuff with Noah talent, and he'll do stuff with New Japan talents. Well, it's a I, great rebuilding platform to have. Yeah, you just gotta hope that Okada doesn't get injured or whatever happens, like last time happens. 
you know, it's like everyone's almost like thanking Shingo Takagi, like like he's a let's go for another obscure football thing, like he's Ricky Sprazier. It's like he's a house sitter. He's yeah. a house sitter for the belts, like Shearer at Newcastle. Mm. Although they went down, so probably not the best example. Oh, you meant as a manager? I was going to say no. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, um, who was the who was the Sunderland fellow, the fine old manager? Dick Advocat. Dick Advocat. Or Gus Hiddink. There we yes. go. Yes. Shingo Takaga is the Gus Hiddink of pro one. wrestling championship runs. <laughs> or Rafa, because Rafa did win the Europa League with them. Yeah. Well, obviously, so we've got Okada trying to get his return. Because he has literally him and Naito haven't wrestled for two years since the Wrestle Kingdom won. And I did like the fact that they actually sm- they like each other. <laughs> I find that an interesting... That's a more interesting character dynamic than yeah. than even Osprey Okada is, really. I want Okada to hate someone. He doesn't hate anyone at the moment. Yeah, that's not who he is. Like That's not the, what the character is now. He's got that le- such, such a level of self-assurance now. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that he doesn't hate... I guess Tanahashi didn't hate Okada as much as he feared what Okada represented. It's like... <laughs> This guy one day is going to take my place, and I just have to hope it's not this time. I'm going to have to like try and do what I can to hold that off as long as I possibly yeah. can. And I don't get the sense, again, because Okada, maybe because Okada's so arrogant, he wouldn't think someone could replace him. I mean, he literally says, I plan to be the champion for the next 50 years. And, you know, you're kind of like, <laughs> you know what? I bet you think you could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is an absolute machine. So, yeah, I'm not giving this five stars, but. I enjoy the finish. I, I liked... I always liked that thing, you know, I guess the one that everyone always cites is when John Cena surprised CM Punk with the Hurricane Rana. Yeah. Like, taking him out of his moment. And so, Okada hitting that Michinoku driver, which I don't think is a movie he's ever really done before. I've not seen it. And it was yet. like, Osprey had no expectation of that, and then yeah. sets him up, Rainmaker's him, gets the win. I like the fact that, o- that Osprey actually hit the Rainmaker as well. Yes, and he's he's got a good looking rainmaker. He's not got good looking hair at the moment. My God, I yeah, but you've got to think that that's how a I, lot of like knobheads yeah. in like clubs look at the minute. So yeah, that's is, yeah. on, that's very on brand for yeah. what he's trying to do. Yeah. So I would go four stars personally. Like okay. at one point, I was like, "Is this like only like a? Am I going to go beyond three and a half if I have to?" And I don't like to think about these things, but like it was too competent. It was too well done and executed. And there was decent storytelling. You know, you can tell that this is a generational conflict. You know, this is the student trying to beat the master, but yeah, it's not it's not Zabisco, Samatina. No, know? not even no. So yeah, I'm going four. Okay, like a rock solid four. I'm not going to get like bogged down in a specific rating. I'm not giving this five stars. And in my opinion, Danielson Page was. I don't want to say noticeably like there's a big gap because I feel that's disparaging to the technical work in this match. But yeah. for me, that was far more. That was more of a five star than this was. Not saying I would necessarily. I'm not going into the reads too much, but mm. I enjoyed that match more than I enjoyed this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched either that or the Takagi Okada match yet, but I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if I preferred both of those matches to this match. Mm. Well, that's where we'll finish this one, uh, Simon. If people want to get in touch with you with any recommendations of NFL teams that could fit the analogies we were trying to create. 
How can they do so? They can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free, free for the number of title belts around <laughs> the general area of Will Ospreay that I couldn't immediately place. <laughs> My name's Lorcan Munnell. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A at the end of Okada. N at the start of Nobed, if you remove the silent K. <laughs> that's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, that's box. If you put in at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. You can get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. LMTYspod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. For the next episode, we're going back to our match of the weeks, and it's my pick to start things off. If you thought that was a collection of moves, wait till you see what we've got lined up for you with the uh, Blast from the Past. Is there a five-star match in there? Well, there's a five-star frog splash in there. Simon, what are we going to be talking about next week? Ah, uh, we are talking about Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam defending his ECW television title against Jerry Lynn. It's in New Jersey, living dangerously in 1999. The whole effing show against the new effing show. So again, that was kind of what Okada and Osprey were trying to say as well. But anyway, assuming there are no five-star matches as well between now and that, that's what we'll get. If we do get another five-star match or... God knows even higher. We'll have to wait and see. I don't. I didn't get any sense that any of the Wrestle Kingdom Night 3 matches were doing that. No, I don't detect one on the horizon. <laughs> no. And like we said earlier, we, we kind of overestimated for yeah. Nights yeah. 1 and 2. Yeah, it's a good thing we back record, isn't it, Simon? <laughs> get these things in bulk. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing left to say at this point, except that don't be expecting us to reference Okada Osprey in the next episode, and that my name's Lorcan Mullen... And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five and three quarters star time. Until the next time. 